With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the sunny city of Angels, which will become the recruiting hotbed of the NBA this summer. Oh, we don't need to talk about this summer. We need to talk about it right now. Chris Mannix, Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports Radio, joins us in 15 minutes. Try to find out what is in the witch's potion that uh, uh, that Brad Stevens whips up. How does he? He's a he's, he's a witch. He's, there's some sort of evil spell he puts on to people. Uh, we'll also talk about Dwayne Wade being Dwayne Wade. Brett Brown, head coach of the 76ers, is going to join us in one hour. Daniel Cormier, DC, DC. The light heavyweight champion of the world in UFC is going to join us. Also a Fox Sports UFC analyst. Uh, we'll ask him about, uh, like, do you, do you like that? Do you the champ because Bones Jones got the PED, was, you know, was, was juicing once again. And that's how he became the light heavyweight champion. Ryan Leaf will join us. Man, we got Cindy Katz, Ryan Music, two outstanding producers, 
Cindy books this show. Great job, Cindy. Thanks so much for, for all your hard work. All right, let's get after it. Um, I love the analogy that Cowherd used, and I think it is, it's a really, really accurate one. And I'm going to go a little bit further, a little bit deeper on it. Uh, the expression is new money, right? The expression is new money. You guys know what new money is? Like new money, and Dallas is kind of famous for this, for the, uh, it's called $30,000 millionaire, you know? You somehow strike it rich and you put nice rims on your car or on your truck, right? You, you, you dress like something that you're not. I don't think this is 50, you know, this is the $30,000 millionaire. I think this is a classic case of new money. And that once, when you first get money in your pocket, you have a desire to spend it one to make you feel good. And two, for other people to know that you have money. To know when you have money. Because, look, the things you should invest in, for the most part, are appreciating assets. And the things that most of us invest in are depreciating assets. First time you got a big paycheck. I remember my my first big paychecks that I got. Yeah, I did actually. I bought a house in Oklahoma City uh, when I came back from playing overseas. But I remember when I started working in radio and TV that I got some, I not only got a nice car. I also got some nice rims for that nice car, right? Because rims, rims, rims aren't a depreciating asset. Rims are an asset that have zero value. Like nobody goes like, Hey, I'm going to go sell my rims used. They just, nobody does that. Zero value. And a car in itself is a depreciating asset. What do you buy? You buy TVs, you buy cars, you buy rims, you buy sneakers. And you can tell me, hey, man, I just sold my sneakers on Facebook or on Craigslist. But for the most part, the second you throw on a pair of sneakers and you wear them out on uh, Ventura Boulevard, you wear them down at the beach, you wear them to the movies, they have no value. The second you drive a car off the lot, its value starts to plummet. The second you turn on a TV, the value completely diminishes. And yes, by the way, I am open box TV guy. I have no shame in it. I don't really understand that, right? Somebody turned it on and turned it off and decided to take it back and it's not a refurb. I'll still buy it. $150, $200 less. I'm still in as long as I get my warranty. Aren't you? Should be. But I like that Cowherd used the first class analogy. You guys ever flown big chair? Big chair is great. Sometimes big chair gets wasted, right? Like you're going to Vegas like a 35, 40 minute flight. You're like, whoa, 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 can we keep flying? Can we just go somewhere else? I'm in the big chair, right? You sit down, big chair, and you're flying cross country. And especially, this is important, very, very important. If you're going to fly big chair, you want it from east to west, not west to east. It's about an hour and a half longer flight flying east to west. Headwinds, headwinds, right? But let's say you get on, I, when I first took a job, I left, mothership went to cbs i was in southern california and every weekend i was flying back and forth i would get done doing a tv show i'd get on a red eye i'd fly to new york i'd land i'd go straight to to work i'd take a shower have a cup of coffee and then i would go do a show and then i would get on a plane and fly back and my reward was big chair right but the mistake you make when you're a big chair is you sit down you're like man like sir can we get you anything like wow free drinks like open bar Giddy up. 
I don't even like, I definitely don't like airplane champagne or airplane wine, but you know what? Sure. I'll knock it down with a beer. But part, if you want to get some value out of the flight, you got to stay awake. Right? You got to pace yourself because you get a little aperitif. Then you get a meal. Then you get dessert. Some airlines, <clears throat> American ice cream or warm cookies, man. Plus you get one of those personal like apartments where you can watch any movie you want. But the rookie, the rookie sits down, the first time flyer who just kind of gets bumped up, who's just fat girl at the prom, happy to be there, right? The new money sits down, is like, drink, 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 drink. <laughs> I wake up, I'm hungover, and I didn't get to eat, I didn't get any ice cream, and I didn't watch any movies. Felt like that with the 76ers yesterday. Now, granted, the 76 they won their first game, trust the process, blow out the heat, you know, in the in the fourth quarter. But um, you're taking on Dwayne Wade, who is, there's a Toby Key song I love. Ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. That's Dwayne Wade, right? He, he's not going to do that every day. Not going to do that every game in a series. But once a series, or maybe twice a series, Old man Dwayne Wade's like, hey, feeling kind of good tonight. Making a couple jumpers, get a couple steals, read a couple of plays. I'm in. And that new money, that ability, hey, we can shoot all these threes. We can play fast. We can play loose. We're unbeatable. Even if we don't, (coughs) excuse me, if we don't have uh, Joel Embiid. You can't play the same way in the postseason you played in the regular season. I when I think of game one results are a lot like that message you have in your side view mirror. You know what that side view mirror says? Objects may be closer than they appear. Teams are closer. Teams are absolutely closer than they appear. And the Philadelphia 76ers, even when they cut it to four, you're getting calls, you're hitting shots, you're feeling good. Like now's the time when you slow down. You get the ball to Ben Simmons. You get him in a position to which he can get to the basket to drive and kick or to finish. Instead, you're throwing it up and just shooting threes like you're like playing the same way you play when you're down 20. The Philadelphia, it's a, the, the, the process, if you will, is not in the, in, the object or the likelihood is not strong that you're going to get to the finals, win a championship this year. You have to learn. You have to, speaking of champagne, you have to feel the pain before you taste the champagne. You got to understand shot selection, time, score, value, possession. You can't, like the things you can't do to win a basketball game, to win a big one, to win a playoff game, right? You can't lose on turnovers. They did. You can't give away layups in a half-court set. They did. You can't give up offensive rebounds. They did. And you can't shoot untimely challenge shots. They did. Like we could go through the three point shooting numbers. There's a direct correlation, but basketball is like any sport, simple game. Win the turnover battle. Right. Just like you can't give up pick sixes in football. You can't give up pick sixes in basketball steal to a layup. That's too easy. You fought blood 
tooth and nail to get your buckets. But that's what happens in your new money. You buy things like rims, cars, TVs. That's what happens when you fly first class for the first time ever. You pound a bunch of drinks early, you pass out. You don't even get to you don't even get to to talk to any of the interesting people that are up in first class. Man, do you know Stamos was sitting next to you? I had no idea. I was so drunk. I I'd never been in first class before. I was excited. I had a couple of drinks. I fell asleep. I woke up. There's John Stamos. I wanted to ask him so many questions. Why didn't you? I fell asleep. By the way, there's something called Wee Day. Do you guys know what Wee Day is? Um, if you do any sort of good works in your school as a, like a middle schooler, they have in different parts of the country, I think it's on Thursday, they have these Wee Day events. And my wife just happens to be chaperoning the Wee Day event. And she's like, oh, hey, look, John Stamos happens to be there. He's going to be there. It's like, okay. Got it. No, you're really, you're just doing this because you want to chaperone my daughter. Got it. Understood. I, I don't think we have a working list. Stamos would be on the working list. I'm not sure I could dispute that at all. New money. Spends money on things they should. First time in first class, you know, drinks, it takes too many drinks when you should pace yourself. And the same thing happens with NBA teams. You get up one game to nine, you're feeling really good about yourself. Everybody's talking about the process. Kevin Hart pops up. By the way, I, that Kevin Hart warm-up, I saw a tweet, oh, he's ready to check into a game. Dude, that's a kid size warm-up. There's no question. Kevin Hart is gunned up. He works out down the street from where we broadcast from. He's in good shape, but he is tiny. I've played basketball with Kevin Hart in that NBA All-Star thing to which he stole the MVP from me. Like, he's tiny. I want to know what size that jacket was. Child's, I'm guessing child size. Guessing child size. Because I could, I could, TJ McConnell's were about the same size. He's a little bit taller than me. Outside of that, I could wear TJ McConnell's gear. TJ McConnell's stuff would look like a dress on him. The road ahead is bound to take some unexpected turns. Farmers Insurance can help you understand your coverage options with our practical knowledge gained from more than 90 years of experience. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. You realize Dwayne Wade is Derek Jeter, right? Like Derek Jeter's not one of the 10 greatest bas- baseball players of all time. Dwayne Wade's not one of the 10 greatest basketball players of all time. But Derek Jeter hit, his, hit a home run on his 3,000th hit. Derek Jeter had five hits in his last game as a Yankee. He has this ability to bring it up a level in an important spot to Dwayne Wade is. He's the basketball version of Derek Jeter. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I hate to go godfather on you, but I'm going to have to go godfather on you. It's business. It wasn't personal. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's strictly business. The uh, the Green Bay Packers whacked Jordy Nelson. So they did. 
and Aaron Rodgers took it personally. As humans, we have personal connections to people, and, and obviously, you know, he was one of my closest friends in the locker room for a number of years and played together for a long time and talked about, you know, really finishing his career here and, and together and uh, making the most of the opportunities. That's the, the disappointment when you get close to your teammates and, and they're, uh, you know, not here anymore, and, and especially when they're not here and they're playing somewhere else. But, uh, again, the organization's making decisions that they feel like are in the best interest of our team, and, and you got to trust the process. Uh oh! Trust the process. Now, now I've, it's going to the Eagles. I, I've I've been told that somebody else actually owns the. Uh, just somebody else owned because I was like, so why didn't Sam Hankey trademark that thing? Um, I think it's uh, uh, Marcus uh, Lamontis or whatever. He's uh, from uh, the Prophet on CNBC. I, I believe he may actually own the trademark to that. Regardless of which, everyone's using the process. And this goes back on Aaron Rodgers last week saying, you know, players play, coaches coach, owners own. These are all longstanding traditions in the National Football League. Longstanding traditions. Let me defend the Green Bay Packers on two fronts of this. Could they have or should they have offered up Jordy Nelson the possibility of playing at a pauper's sum? I love, I love the pauper. I love that. You... Did you ever read The Prince and the Pauper, Ramos? Yes. I mean, I know about it. I don't know if I read the entire thing. Yeah, that was one of those ones you were supposed to read in school. You're like, uh, Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes. The Prince and the Pauper. It's uh, Mark Twain. Anyway, they could have offered him the, the possibility of playing a pauper's sum. Like, hey, because the reports are, much like, much like Des Bryant, unlike Des Bryant, they released him early, right? They didn't drag this thing on. So he could have played for anybody. He's now playing for the Oakland Raiders. By the way, Jordy Nelson is a terrible fit for the Oakland Raiders. Isn't it? Like, I think he's a good fit for Derek Carr. But Jordy Nelson just does not feel like a Raider. Does he feel like a Raider to anybody else? Josh Gordon feels like a Raider. Oh, you're stereotyping Raiders. You're damn right I am. Absolutely, I am. Like, that's just like, oh, well, you know. I don't, I, Jordy Nelson feels like he would be a chief. He's a Midwestern guy. Right? He's from Kansas. Can't play for Kansas City, Missouri Chiefs. No, nothing. But he, he felt like a Green Bay Packer. Um, but I, let me give the Green Bay Packers a little bit of credit here. Okay. They, Ted Thompson, who got uh, who got kicked upstairs? Who got kicked upstairs? Is replaced by a young general manager, right? And um, when he gets, let me bring in Dan Byer here because I have no idea how to pronounce Brian. Brian, well, how do you say his last name? Gutekunst. Gesundheit. How do you say his last name? <laughs> Gesundheit. How do you say? I'm just kidding. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm just okay. Brian Gutekunst was in the organization. They elevate him. Which here's the here's the interesting part about the Packers, right? Tell me if you get the um, hypocrisy or how it's. So, Dan, what were they always criticized for doing? The Packers. I know you're a Seahawks. Not signing free agents. Right. Always building from within. Right. 
Like they're always the guy, guy goes down, we're not going to sign a free agent, we'll just elevate somebody we already had practice squad to real squad, correct? Yep. Which is what they did with Brian Kunikus. Kunst. Gesundheit. Right? That he was he was already there, so they elevate a guy from within to be the guy who reaches out to the uh, outside of the organization to bring in players. Does anybody else see how hypocritical or how well, that's a, like a catch-22 that is? Anyway, It's business. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's strictly business. I understand that Aaron Rodgers is like, yo, that's my guy. That's my best friend. Like we were, we were going to ride off into the sunset together. He's my boy. The the problem with bringing him back is this. If he becomes your third best wide receiver, you're going to get a ton out of him, even at a pauper sum. But, Third, fourth wide receivers also sometimes play on special teams. You're not doing that with Jordy Nelson. Additionally, you get to third down and you're going to look for your best friend, even if he's not your best player. And so you take that off and maybe they think, hey, he'll look for Devontae Adams more. He'll look for guys that are, you know, we just got him a tight end who, when right, is a Pro Bowl caliber pass catcher. We want him to look for who's ever open, not for who he has a relationship with. I understand there's a human element to sports. It's a place of work. But Aaron Rodgers can't pick his wide receivers just like I can't pick other hosts on other shows. It's not my job. It's a business. It's not personal. Trust the process. And trust the process. Hashtag trust process. Maybe I'll I'll trademark it since nobody else seems to be able to. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Brett Brown, head coach of the 76ers, joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, You're down for call timeout. Just after the previous timeout, you'd call timeout and said, hey, we get three stops in a row. The place is going crazy. We didn't get a chance to hear what you said when you cut it to four and they called timeout. What'd you say? I mean, just trying to reflect back on how we were able to come down from as deep as we were. We wanted, we went on a 16-2 run to get it to two. And just trying to reflect on the things defensively, especially, that allowed us to do that while, you know, sort of nominating targets, different sort of looks you hope to get to if the game became slow. We, we, we try to play fast. But if the game became slow, you know, what look did we want to live in? And, and those, those types of things. If you, could, if you could go back personally and change one thing, what would it be? I think the play that Dwayne Wade stole the ball from Dario Saric, um, I give credit to Dwayne. You know, he's got that veteran sort of uh, freedom to break a defensive um, you know, system. It's it's a complete sort of outlier to what they normally do. Uh, you know, I, I wish we had that opportunity again. I felt like if we could have scored on that possession, things might have been a little bit differently. You know, you always watch a game and feel like there's a defining moment, like a mood swing, a, a single play that pivots the game. I felt like that was it. I don't know if I'd do anything differently with it, Doug, but I think that... Uh, you know, I look back at that and, 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 and sort of regret that situation more than anything. Yeah, but that's not your, like, I, I know the play call, right? You're in like a horn set with two high posts, and that's on Ben Simmons, who's, you know, whether you want to call him a rookie or a redshirt rookie, 
Like he kind of enters the ball and starts cutting instead of looking. Like, I guess you just grab him and, hey, watch out for Wade. He's going to cheat a play, you know, be sure with your passes. I mean, is that is that really kind of the adjustment you you make and you learn those 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 little things that matter in playoff games that guys are able to get away with in the regular season? I think where you're going is more true than not. You know, really, we should just be shaking Dwayne Wade's hand and saying, well done, you broke the defensive sort of scheme. You gambled and you got rewarded. And, you know, I give him credit. Dwayne, got, Dwayne you know, read the thing well. As far as – I probably didn't answer the question um, the way you, you, you asked it. As far as regrets go, I don't have many. I, I think my point only with the Dwayne Wade situation was a hell of a play – and I mean, just sort of holistically, you, you wish that one didn't happen. All right, so does that mean Kevin Hart is no longer welcome at a Philadelphia 76ers game? Because you've done this great job of, you got messages from Barkley, Dr. J, AI was at the game right next to Kevin Hart, Eric Snow, you know, you, you got video messages of all the former players, and that, but Kevin Hart's over there talking trash, and after the game, Dwayne Wade's like, hey, thank Kevin Hart, he motivated me. <laughs> you know, he, he's, uh, he's Philly, he's always welcome. He's, uh, he actually, I don't know if you realize this, Doug, I've I seen him shoot, he's, he's visited us a few times, and he, 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 he's got a great stroke, like he really still can, or, or shoots the ball, I'm not too sure his basketball background, but he's Philly, he's profile, he can shoot, so uh, we, we will welcome him with those type of uh, qualities. Brett Brown joining us, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, all right, so let's get to the Embiid thing. I thought you handled it really well, but did you, like, when you're you're up there at the podium and somebody asks you about an Instagram post, what's what's that like? To where you're you're looking at the box score, you're answering questions, you're still. I understand how it is. You're re, you're like in your mind, you're like a personal DVR. You know, you're reviewing the game in your head and trying to answer questions. What's that like to be asked about an Instagram post from Joel? Well, what had happened is right before I'm going to the podium, my PR guy, and it would have been 20 seconds before I walked into the press conference, the post-game stuff, you know, he, uh, he, hey, Doug, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, sorry, I thought I lost you. Yeah, he, he gave me a heads up that, that Joel Embiid had, uh, you know, tweeted something. He read it to me. And then it was brought up in the press conference. And what I said, I mean, you know, like it, it was easy to say. I, I genuinely mean it. And so it was a little bit different, but I had been given a little bit of a heads up right before I w- walked into the room. Okay. So um, do you tell, does he shut, do you shut down his Instagram? I mean, is there any sort of like repercussion for Cause I, I don't, it, it doesn't I, like, obviously you want him to play. Your team wants him to play, but you're just kind of trying to follow the doctor's orders um, how do you how have you handled it since? I mean that that that's more you know I think an organizational thing that that is certainly discussed. I feel like with Joel, you know, normally he does not cross the line. Like he's out there, he certainly at times is 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 playful with social media, but this this particular thing, I I, I personally don't read much into it. And my comments last night were true. It reflects what I really think. And we move on, you know. Like, I, I don't think it needs to be made that big of a deal. Brett Brown, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I've been in awe of your ability to get a young player like Ben Simmons to play as well. He's not a great defensive player yet, 
but he was an awful defensive player in college, and you've gotten him to lock in better than anyone's ever seen him lock in. Have you done it? I think the history that I have with his family, I coached his father a long time ago. I knew his mom and dad before they were married. You know, I've known Ben Simmons, his 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 whole sort of duration, especially with the uh, Australian background that he has. And, you know, I just feel like that country kicks hard. That country really just loves their sport. They compete. His dad was an amazing defensive player. And we challenge him, you know. Like, I really, and I appreciate it. He lets me coach him. I told him it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to impact the game for you defensively uh, your first year in the NBA than it is offensively. I think some of that I was wrong. I thought I was going to be more right than maybe I have been. But the defensive side of the ball is what interests me the most. I think it's part of his culture, certainly part of his DNA with his, the way that his dad played. And I use all that. Like, I really challenge him and use all that. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you're signaling when changing lanes. That That is, in addition to joining us on Bluetooth, Brett Brown joining us on the Doug Gallagher Show. The left-hand turn or right-hand turn? I assume left, right? You almost uh, always signal. <laughs> That's a, that's a form of play anticipation. You are correct. That is a left-hand turn. Okay, so I kind of think in a crazy way, uh, Chris Mannix joined us earlier, and he said, like, look, I think they tried to steal a steal a game knowing Embiid could come back, but try to get up 2-0, rest him as much as possible. But I, I kind of think it was better. You never want to lose, but it's better that you lost a game early like that so that your team doesn't get full of themselves. They are still, with the exception of Yasova or Marco Bellinelli, some of the veterans, and J.J., you, you, you kind of got leveled off a little bit. Can, can last night be something to build upon that actually helps you? I think it, I think it can be, Doug. I don't feel for the reason you said, but I, I do think that. I feel like the life that we have lived here in Philadelphia, we, we, we led by me, we have never gotten ahead of ourselves. We're just sort of grateful to, you know, all be fighting to, to, to continue to win. We hadn't lost since uh, March 13th, I, I believe it was. And we all, like, walked into the gyms thinking that our season could end tomorrow. And we that sort of just respect to how we did our jobs, that is true. That's not coach speak. I feel like, to your point of now, can it make us better, most definitely. You know, Miami came in, they responded to a loss in a way that we, we, we talked about. There's a, there's a difference between talking about it and for now the players feeling it. It was a physicality. There was a high level of intensity. You know, we got bent over. We got stood up. They really, I thought, did a great job of, of pressuring the ball. I think from that perspective, we can learn. Um, but it is. It's a... Uh, you know, it's a fist fight, as we both know, and we look, we look forward to going to Miami. Well, look, uh, obviously everybody has been impressed with the run. It's been a long time since everyone loses at some point. Um, uh, even, even the Warriors lost one game in the playoffs last year. Safe travels to Miami. Look forward to catching up with you soon and uh, continued success and health to you, Brett. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Doug. Take care, man. Uh, all right, uh, Brett Brown, who joins us, fresh off a left-hand turn signal with his seatbelt on, using Bluetooth. So anybody who's thinking that he's not a safe driver, uh, think otherwise. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ryan Leaf joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Number two pick, NFL draft, obviously uh, known for a lot of things, but has become 
um, a a spokesman for all things in terms of second, third chances in life and a great understanding for what it takes to make it and to not make it in the NFL as a quarterback and uh, consider him a friend. Really pleased to have him on. Ryan Leaf joining us. How are you, Ryan? Good, Doug. Good to be on. Um, you know, when you say things, it really, really resonates with people. Does <laughs> that, what's, oh. well, because cause you said, hey, you said some stuff about Baker and I'm sure your cell phone kind of kind of blew up. What's been the reaction to some of your comments about Baker Mayfield? Well, I mean, I think it's, of course, it's taken out of context a little because it, it, it's not a referendum or a mandate on who he is as a person because I hear something similar in him. We're, we could be completely different people. I'm just saying some things resonated with me, and, it, and, and that's usually the headline. But it, it makes sense. You know, I've been through this. Um, I was a very talented first-round draft pick 20 years ago. In fact, tomorrow will be our 20th anniversary, April 18th, 1998. So it, it's, it's, it's more of a listening um, thing I do where I'll hear somebody say something and I'll go, wow, that sounds like, that sounds like me 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, in my eyes, it's a red flag. In others, it may not be because at the time when I spoke like that 20 years ago, it wasn't seen as a red flag. It was seen as confident and and ready to go. The biggest one that came across for me was, you know, his statement in saying that he wasn't going to change for the NFL. And I don't, I don't care who you are, good or bad, uh, athletic wise, you, you evolve for the NFL. You you have to, otherwise, you know, you don't get better and you don't become who you need to become in that league. And you just look at the best in the business and Tom Brady and, and he had to evolve. He had to change from who he was as a quarterback in college and as a person in college to where he's at now, of course, because everybody does. I just, I don't necessarily like the statement. And I think that was kind of my point. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but let me, I, I'll give you the, can I give you the, the counter to that? Which is, um, which is, don't all young people think that they know everything, <laughs> right? Like I look back at myself and I, 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 I know exactly. And some, I've been able to do some of what I wanted to do, even in this business, um, and some some of the, my own failings as an athlete were because but was because uh, I didn't evolve. I didn't understand what it would take to make it. And you, you do, some of these lessons you do have to learn the hard way. Not maybe as hard a way as you've had to learn. But I so I I understand. I agree with you. But I would also say that there's probably a lot of of qu- even quarterbacks that think they got this thing set. Why are they no? I got it. I got it. I got it. And yet, it, they they have no idea what they're in for. No, you have you really have no idea what's about to happen. You think you do. I also thought it was going to be so much easier, right? I, I it was. I don't want to say it was easy in college. I prepared really hard and I worked really hard, but it it came rather easy. You know that that last year we were able to kind of do what we wanted to offensively, and I just maybe was naive in thinking that it would be that easy. And then when I struggled where I was always so good at, which was physical talent. When I struggled with that, dealing with the Sunday to Sunday things, dealing with the media. And in my opinion, just because of some of the things that have happened, the, uh, the interaction with the, with the law last summer. Um, Is that know, just last summer? The, the antics, the antics. Oh, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the, with the Kansas yep. game. I mean, those things for me, of course, you know, bring bring to the attention of, of 
what people are talking about. And that's, I think it, it's a bigger issue because it came out of my mouth. You know, I, I'm new to the business a little bit. You know, I just recently started working with Fox and with SiriusXM. And so I think when they hear my name associated with it, they tend to go, well, yeah, that sounds right, but it doesn't sound right coming from Ryan Lee. And, and that, makes, that makes some sense. And it may take some time for people to see me in that light now rather than, you know, what they consider is a bust. But I'm uniquely qualified to speak on this because there aren't many second round, you know, second picks in the draft out there. There's a limited amount. Sure. And no matter how my career ended, you know, it, it does allow me to be uniquely qualified to speak on this topic, good or bad. By the way, uh, uh, Ryan Leaf, who joins us, he's a program ambassador at Transcend Recovery Community, also has a new radio show on XM, uh, Sirius XM 373, Pac-12 this morning. That's weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. Pacific time. I'll just tell you this. You are uniquely qualified. You are going to get people's attention when you say things, and they're just going to have to learn to deal with it. I, I would not change. <laughs> I, I mean this on like friend to friend, whether we're on microphone or standing right next to you. So oftentimes what happens is guy gets in the media, says something, people freak out, overreact, and now they don't want to say anything, right? Now they're, they're scared to, no, I, I think, you know, you just have to smartly contextualize that, hey, if I say that, that I feel like there's some of me and Baker, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not the you and the prescription drug problem late in your career. It's the you in how you deal with people and thinking you knew everything like you did when you came out of Wazoo more than like, don't make the correlation to the necessarily the drug problem as much as, as much as the personality problems, which can lead to other issues. Is that, is that a, is that a fair way to put it? To put it? Yeah. 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 I agree. I think that, you know, and, and I, and I appreciate the, uh, the, uh, you know, the heads up and the understanding about this. And, and I do, I believe in the idea that, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business because, you know, this is a, this is a goal. This was a goal of mine. My my fiance and I really thought about where I wanted to go with my future. Now that uh, of course the career was over and and the struggles I had were in were in my rearview mirror, and I wanted to expand on that. And I thought I could do this well, articulate it in a way where people would uh, be interested. And uh, it seems to go that way. And I, I I have that feeling. You know, I I I speak about it. It doesn't mean it's going to be true. It's just it's how I feel. It doesn't mean he's going to be a poor player. It's just something I saw in him that were, was relatable to me. And that's why I commented on it. And of course, to your point, you know, people, um, people responded to it and he, that's okay. Here, uh, here, here's, a, here's, discussion. here's a parallel, right? So I, I still, when I was in Notre Dame, I stole a couple kids, credit cards, right. wrote about it this year. It was like 20 something years ago, whatever. And I'll still, you know, I'll make a comment about an athlete today or even something that <laughs> has nothing to do with it. And I'll get something in regards to, to, to credit cards from people like, Whatever those that there's just a minority of people that are going to want to tweak you on stuff to which they're not even going to listen to the substance of substantive stuff of what you say. Here's what I do want 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 to ask you: Look, the quarterback chain position has evolved some. Some of it is we, we see football is changing, but there's always going to be some similarities. You look at 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 Josh Allen. Okay, here's Josh Allen. You know, from same area of the country. You 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 know, he's from Wyoming. You're Montana kid who goes to to wazoo uh he was he's very athletic but he's big strong-armed not crazy accurate some of it is the guys he was playing with some of it is the weather he's playing in some of it is he's just not that accurate 
How fixable are Josh Allen's flaws when he gets to the NFL? Well, it depends you know, on when he has when he's thrust into action. That's all, that's always the telling point, and and of course where you go. You know, the worst possible situation would be for him to go to Cleveland because he would most likely not get that opportunity because if they struggle with Tyrod Taylor early, that fan base is going to be asking for the first pick in the NFL draft to be playing. And if he's forced into something where he hasn't been able to work on his fundamentals and his accuracy and his technique with his new coach, uh, it could be very detrimental to your, to your confidence. I know it was for me. And, um, that first game, I threw four interceptions. Two of them got called back on penalties. But just after that game, sitting down, we had won the football game, but I was just sitting in the locker room afterwards going, I'd never had a game like that. I never had a, right. a time where I threw more than a couple interceptions. And these were essentially, they had me figured out. And I just, I was dumbfounded in that moment. And um, so it makes sense. You can lose your confidence even being the most confident individual going into the draft it's it's a matter of being able to apply what you've learned see that failure is an opportunity uh, and when the thing hits the fan the fans are on you the media is on you your city's on you you're able to respond in kind in a way that makes you the leader of that team and i just wasn't be able, able to respond that way and that's what i always that's the most hesitance i have behind baker mayfield and josh allen that's why i have them ranked fourth and fifth on my draft list just because I don't necessarily know if they have the ability to see that and weather that like the other quarterbacks can. Yeah, the one thing about Baker is remember he's been he's he's unlike others. He's been told no. You know, he was a walk on. Right. He got beat out of Texas Tech, and then he had to go to Oklahoma. He's a walk on there, and he had to earn the starting position. But uh, yeah, I how they handle all of that. All right, last thing, uh, Ryan Leaf, check out his radio show, Pac Twelve this morning, weekdays seven to ten a.m. Of course, he's also an incredible program ambassador at Transcend Recovery Community. They have those in several parts of the country, including Los Angeles, where he he does most of his work. Um, if you had, if any of these guys pick up a phone and say, Ryan, what's the what should I do day one? Day one, I get drafted. I go to the facility. What should I do as a quarterback? Well, you 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 find the you find the ultimate veteran. You find the guy that's in there who's been able to make this a career. You go up at, to him and you ask him, "How'd you do it?" And then you listen, and then you follow his example. That is, that is the best advice I can give you. And I had the perfect opportunity in San Diego. I had Junior Seau, and I had Rodney Harrison. I became very close with Rodney. Uh, I was very close with Junior as well, though I didn't utilize them as mentors. I, just, I became friends with them, mm-hmm. and then they tried to lead the way, and I, I didn't follow. I didn't use that as an opportunity. I also felt like if, you know, if I couldn't do this on my own, it was, it was a sign of weakness. But as we all know, no one makes it to this point without just the help of so many. And that would have been my, that would be my best advice to those guys. Go find the 10 year veteran, the guy that's been on the team forever and ask him how he did it and then follow him and continue to do that. Awesome stuff. Ryan, uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us. Look forward to listening to your radio show some more, and uh, we'll talk soon as we get closer and closer to Thursday's NFL Draft. Awesome, guys. Thanks. All right, that's Ryan Leaf. Great dude, man.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.